pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. How's it going, everybody? Chris Trapasso here for another episode of the Prospect Podcast. I'm dedicating this episode to the most recent article I wrote at cbssports.com pre-4th of July, so about a week ago, ranking the late round, and that's 6th and 7th round, picks at the running back position by their chances to make a legitimate year one impact. And before I start, there were 10 running backs picked in the 2021 draft in the sixth or seventh round. And I've used those running backs and dwindled it down to the top five. So cut it in half. And I I know what you're thinking, like, Hey, sixth and seventh round picks barely have a chance to make a roster or even make any type of splash early in their careers, much less in year one. But recently, guys like Ty Johnson, who started with the Lions, flashed a little bit with the Jets last season, Miles Gaskin with the Dolphins, Justin Jackson as the number two or number three with the Los Angeles Chargers has been very efficient when he's been healthy. And then most notably, over the last four or five drafts, Chris Carson of the Seattle Seahawks. All those guys have had success as late-round picks, and in Carson's case, he became the lead back in Seattle. I will throw some fantasy analysis into this as well because I know we're getting close to fantasy football draft season. Uh, It's not that far away. The Scott Fishbowl kicked off right after the 4th of July. The 11th Scott Fishbowl. It's pretty awesome. I'll start at number five with Demetric Felton of the Cleveland Browns, and I get it. He's got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in front of him. I'm certainly aware, to me, the best running back tandem in the NFL. I think it's kind of easy to like think that Kareem Hunt is just this clear-cut second fiddle, and that's because he's not that talented. Before his off-field incident that led to that suspension, Kareem Hunt started his career and was already becoming an elite running back. So that's a really good group, but the reason why, or part of the reason why I have Felton on this list and that he made the cut from 10 down to five of those late round picks in 2021 at the running back spot, that Cleveland offensive line is fantastic. You have the best running back duo and in my opinion, the best offensive line in football. 
So just strictly on that alone, to be a running back in Cleveland is a very luxurious situation right now. And I don't think Felton will be the poster child for this, but he can help to usher in this new era of legitimate running back wide receiver hybrids. First three seasons at UCLA, played wide receiver. 99 career college receptions with the Bruins. Then in 2020, he transitioned fully to the running back spot. 132 carries, 5.1 yards per attempt with five rushing touchdowns. He's pretty slippery. He's not crazy big, crazy explosive, or super light-footed and sudden, but he's got a nice spin move. Uh, He's not super easy to bring to the turf, some contact balance, but he's like 5'9", 189. It's kind of small. It's kind of really good size to be a slot receiver. And we saw at the Senior Bowl in Mobile that he can run routes, like playing up against linebackers or even corners. Like he has the subtlety to run routes with hip fakes, shoulder fakes, head fakes to just do little things to create just enough separation to get open because he's not a great athlete. But I will say with Demetric Felton, he is someone that plays more athletically than his pro day workout numbers would indicate. He ran four five nine. That's the 40th in the 40th percentile for running backs, 31 and a half inch vertical, 16th percentile, 114 inch broad jump, 23rd percentile. So not explosive, relatively speaking. And although these agility drills don't matter as much at the running back position, although it seems like they would, we've seen a lot of really good running backs over the course of time that didn't have great three cone short shuttle drills. I think LaShawn McCoy and even Delvin Cook are the poster child for this. The the two marquee running backs that didn't have great three cone and short shuttle times, but were are very elusive, especially in his prime LaShawn McCoy and even later in his career with the Bills. Demetric Felton's three cone was in the ninth percentile among running backs at the combine or you know over the last 20 years. His 20 yard shuttle, seventh percentile. 5'8 and 5'8, 189 pounds. So he's a slot receiver playing running back. And we saw with Antonio Gibson last year uh, 38 career receptions, 33 rushing attempts at Memphis. Looked like a workhorse, high level running back with the Washington football team. And Demetric Felton is coming into the NFL with 132 carries in his final season. I think his vision needs some work, but again, he's not someone that had four, five, six hundred carries in college, but I like the fact that he's coming in with low mileage. And we know in Cleveland with Kevin Stefanski, they're going to want to run the football. And yes, there's Nick Chubb there. There's Kareem Hunt there. Those are going to be the entrenched running back committee members with the Browns, but they want to run the football a lot. And Odell Beckham is returning from injury. They have Jarvis Landry. They drafted Anthony Schwartz, the speedster out of Auburn in the third round. Donovan Peoples-Jones, a sixth-round pick in 2020. Super explosive. Flashed a little bit. It's not a crazy deep receiver group. Rashard Higgins has had a good connection with Baker Mayfield. They want to run the football. So Demetri Felton's a little bit down this list because the two running backs he's behind. And I'm a little concerned about the measured athleticism. But again, I think he's someone that is more athletic than what he showed at the pro day. 
at UCLA. And I like the fact that he has receiving ability. They're not afraid to throw the ball to their running backs. I mean, Kareem Hunt is one of the best receiving backs in the league. There is that role in this offense. At number four, I have Kylan Hill of the Green Bay Packers. So it's all about situation here. And you could say, man, he's behind an elite running back in Aaron Jones. If you want to say elites top five, top seven or eight backs, I think you have to include Aaron Jones with what he's done in his first four seasons in the NFL. He's carried it over 200 times the past two years on a brand new four-year contract. They want to feed him the football. And even behind Aaron Jones is A.J. Dillon. They picked him in the second round in 2020. He was kind of a head-scratcher at the time. But filling in for Aaron Jones late in the season last year, he had a 154-yard game against the Titans in the snow. We know how big he is. His quads are, I think, bigger than, than Saquon Barkley's, which is pretty crazy. So he's the entrenched number two. But Jamal Williams signed with the Detroit Lions in free agency. So there is a battle for that number three job. And I think Kylan Hill can win it. This is someone that is battle-tested in the SEC. 452 career attempts, but only 15 in his final season at Mississippi State. 67 receptions, and 63 of those came in his final three years with the Bulldogs. Averaged 5.6 yards per attempt in college. And he was a late watch for me during the pre-draft process at the running back spot. 5'10", 214, thick, strong, deceptively powerful through contact. Doesn't seek out contact, but when he feels it, he's not usually going to the turf right away. And just sudden, like he gets the handoff and it's plant the foot and go. And he can make defenders miss at the second level too. Not really going to run away from people, high 4'5 guy. But Kylan Hill, I think, on an offense that with Matt LaFleur, they still want to run the ball. It's still a... Shanahan-based wide zone scheme, a lot of play action, but a lot of running of the football to fill in that Jamal Williams role. And Jamal Williams had over 100 carries in all four seasons during his rookie contract with the Green Bay Packers. And he started his career in 2017 with Aaron Jones. I know A.J. Dillon wasn't there until 2020, but there is 100 carries to be had somewhere in that range in this 2021 Green Bay Packers offense. And I think Kylan Hill, just four years in the SEC, big, deceptively powerful. I think that's the key to his game. Good pass catcher. He can have a year one impact, even being one of the last picks in the 2021 draft. I did not think he was going to last that long. At number three, Jermar Jefferson of the Lions. Yes, he has Jamal Williams in front of him and DeAndre Swift in front of him. But I will say with DeAndre Swift, count me in the vast minority that was not blown away by DeAndre Swift as a draft prospect. I thought he was the most overrated prospect coming out of Georgia two years ago. And he's dealt with injuries. Last year, he did average as a rookie 4.6 yards per carry. And caught 46 passes. So he had a productive rookie season. Eight touchdowns on the ground. He's going to be the lead guy. And Jamal Williams was signed in free agency to be the backup. But with Jamar Jefferson, it's more about 
the offensive philosophy with him being number three on this list than it is the depth chart in front of him, which I think is, I mean, even if I'm wrong about DeAndre Swift and he becomes a really good back, it's DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. It's not Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb or Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And I know, obviously, A.J. Dillon needs to prove himself, but he's a second-round pick. I think he will be a good back. Dan Campbell, their new head coach in Detroit, he wants to run the football, right? I mean, everything that he has said to the media indicates that this is a throwback team. They're going to play like it's 1999. They drafted Penny Sewell. They have Frank Ragnow. I like Jonah Jackson, their left guard. Uh, Taylor Decker is one of the more underrated left tackles in the league. They want to run the football. The receiver group is the least intimidating receiver group in football. Brashad Perriman, Tyrell Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, they picked him in the fourth round. I think he can be a very productive fourth round pick at receiver just because there's going to have to be targets. Quintez Cephas, 2020 uh, day three draft pick. There's just not a lot of great receivers there. TJ Hawkinson, that's why there's so much fantasy buzz about him because it's like, look at that receiver group. Like Jared Goff's got to throw to somebody. But I think they want truly like teams. I think there are still a fair amount of coaches out there and, and they're kind of going by the wayside that will say we want to run the football and play good defense. It seems like more, which is good for the product on the field. And it's fun to have games be scored in the thirties, more coaches saying like, Hey, we want to pass it well and defend the pass. Although I, I don't know if there's any coach that has been out there that I can say, can be quoted having said that, but I think we've seen more teams or, and especially the better teams that have the personnel and are trying to get every edge possible that that's their main philosophy. Now that will not be the lion's philosophy. They want to run the football. And as for the skill set for Jamar Jefferson, he was probably the most fun finesse running back. And I use air quotes when I say finesse, because even in the PAC 12, he went to Oregon state or certainly in the NFL, there's not really a lot of finesse to playing running back. You're going to take a pounding playing that position. But when I say finesse here, and I wrote this in the article at cbssports.com, ranking the sixth and seventh round running backs by their chances to make a year one impact, I mean, he's not someone that has crazy explosion, breakaway speed, lateral cutting ability. He's just awesomely good at making defenders miss by setting up his blocks, by following his blocks correctly, being patient, having outstanding vision. That's his game. And he's starting as the number three back in Detroit. The rest of the running back running back depth chart is pretty barren. It is DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, and then Jermar Jefferson, seventh round pick by the Lions. One of again, one of the last picks in the draft. And what I like about Jefferson in terms of production, he ran for over 1,300 yards at 5.8 yards per carry as a freshman behind an Oregon State offensive line that didn't have a bunch of future NFL players on it. And even last year in 2020, he averaged 6.5 yards per carry. He ran 4.60 at the Oregon State Pro Day. 
His vertical was in the 13th percentile, broad jump 29th percentile. And again, the agility drills don't matter as much, but three cone, fourth percentile, short shuttle, 21st percentile. So this is someone that is a lower caliber athlete by NFL standards at the running back spot. But his vision, he is so developed as a back. He understands exactly where he needs to be, how to run behind his blockers, how to make someone that's about to tackle him get blocked at the last second by just a subtle, tiny little cut. We don't know like what the Lions are going to do offensively with zone blocking scheme and power, but most teams mix in both concepts. I mean, I think really like Kyle Shanahan doesn't do a lot of power plays in the run game. It's a, almost strictly wide zone or inside zone, but they're going to run the football in Detroit. And I think Jefferson really has the developed mature game, a finesse game to be productive. And all of a sudden, if Jamal Williams gets injured or DeAndre Swift goes down, we're talking about a seventh round pick with that production pedigree who's suddenly the backup. And you could say, hey, the Lions are going to be really bad. They're going to have to throw it a lot. I think they're still going to start games running the football, and they're going to use their running backs in the pass game. And really, I think even when they're losing by a lot with Dan Campbell as the head coach, they're going to run the football. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Jermar Jefferson at number three. And at number two, and there was a little bit of a toss-up in my head between my number two pick and Jermar Jefferson at number three. But I went with Elijah Mitchell of the 49ers. And he's one of two backs that San Francisco picked in the 2021 NFL draft. Trey Sermon comes in with the background playing at Oklahoma and being a very efficient back, breaking a lot of tackles. And then he goes to Ohio State, transfers there, and down the stretch was extremely high volume, extraordinarily productive. Then he gets injured, separates his shoulder on the first carry, the first play of the national title game against Alabama. But like Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell is made for Kyle Shanahan's offense. Wide zone running back, one cut slasher, not going to make a lot of defenders miss. I certainly think Sermon is better at doing that, being that he was a third round pick. I just liked him a lot more. But that's the type of running back that Mitchell is. He's going to press the front side, hit the back side, the cutback lane. And then he has four, three, five speed. I don't really think he's that fast, 
I didn't see four three five at Louisiana Lafayette last year. But I think he's one of the fast was one of the faster breakaway speed running backs in the NFL. And we know that like beyond just having those developed running backs that are um good in the wide zone scheme, Kyle Shanahan, I think he likes speed. Raheem Mostert and Matt Breed have hit a lot of long runs during their time in San Francisco with the 49ers. Matt Breed is gone. He's signed with the Bills. There is Raheem Mostert as the lead back, who's been very efficient when he's run the football in Kyle Shanahan's offense, but he's always gets injured here and there. And then there's Jeff Wilson, but Jeff Wilson has to start the season on PUP for the first six weeks of the year, recovering from a recent knee surgery. So it's Raheem Mostert. And then to start the year, Trey Sermon is the number two. And then maybe Elijah Mitchell, who is a good fit in San Francisco. And then last reason for this, the probably the most important, Kyle Shanahan's running backs produce. Doesn't matter if it's Raheem Mostert, an undrafted running back from Purdue, if it's Matt Breda, if it's Jeff Wilson, if it's Jermichael Hasty, you name it, in that scheme, behind that offensive line, but mostly because of just how good that scheme is. And Kyle Shanahan running backs produce. It's just a fact, scientific fact, that if you are a running back with Kyle Shanahan, you're going to produce. You're going to be efficient. So I, maybe because of opportunity, I could have had Jamar Jefferson here, but I think just the team that Elijah Mitchell is on and his head coach, Kyle Shanahan, made him that number two pick here in these rankings. Oh, and by the way, Raheem Mostert in his career has never had a 20-carry game. So beyond the Kyle Shanahan offense being very time-tested to be producing efficient running backs, they want to use two and three and four running backs. Kyle Shanahan's been ahead of the game. He realizes Let's keep these guys fresh and let's have running backs that have great long speed. So when everything is blocked well, we're not just getting a 30-yard gain down the field. We're getting a 80-yard touchdown. And again, I don't think Raheem Mostert, I don't think Elijah Mitchell is like as fast as Raheem Mostert, who by next gen stats has been the fastest recorded player in the NFL, running over 23 miles per hour, but he's pretty fast. There were times, yes, against lesser competition that Mitchell was running away from everybody on the field. Again, 4-3-5 is ah, it's a little faster than he looks. I think if he was at the combine, if there was a combine, Mitchell probably would have been like low to mid 4-4s, which is still pretty fast for a running back. Not a crazy athlete, not going to make defenders miss in the hole with a LaShawn McCoy-esque jump cut, but... In that zone blocking scheme, you got it's all about vision, slashing ability, and then hitting that accelerator through the second level. And I think Elijah Mitchell can do that. At number one, and I'll admit, the first four picks were all about like positional depth chart and offensive scheme and the coaching philosophy. I just went with my gut at number one. And I normally don't do that, but I, I, I had to with this because Khalil Herbert of the Chicago Bears is a nightmare to tackle. Last season at Virginia Tech, he averaged 4.74 yards after contact per rush. 
that tied with Jared Patterson of Buffalo, who's now with the Washington football team, highest figure in the nation among backs with at least 100 carries. This is someone that watching Virginia Tech over the past couple of seasons, it was like, man, he is so light-footed. He has the full arsenal of moves, jump cut. Anything that you asked of Khalil Herbert, he could do, especially in 2020 at Virginia Tech. He actually started his career at Kansas. 7.6 yards per carry last season for the Hokies. And even at Kansas, he was ultra productive. 8.9 yards per carry. I don't know, only 43 rushes in 2019. As a sophomore way back in 2017, 5.5 yards per carry. Not a big receiver. Not someone that's going to run away from people. But Khalil Herbert is just hard to tackle. He's elusive. He has great contact balance as, as evidenced by... Uh, that high yards after contact per rush rate, 4.74 yards after contact last season. Now, I did have him graded in the sixth round, and that's where they, where the Bears picked him. And it was mostly because I don't think he's super fast, and he's not like an extreme athlete. He didn't test amazingly, but he's got loose hips and light feet. And in terms of the depth chart, David Montgomery did have a career season in 2020. He's going to be the lead guy. He's the workhorse. I think more so than any other team, the Bears are one of the few that are like, we have our guy. We have our lead back. It's David Montgomery. So that stands in the way of Khalil Herbert becoming this, you know, high-level producer. But after him, Tariq Cohen has never had 100 carries in his Chicago Bears career. He's like mostly the receiving back. They give him some jet sweeps occasionally, but we know that Matt Nagy doesn't really want to give him the football as a pure runner. And that's probably fair. He should probably see a little bit more carries than he does in Chicago because he's so good in space. They need to manufacture space for him. But there's not a 150 carry back, 200 carry back behind him, 175 carry back even behind him at number two spot. They did sign Damian Williams in free agency. He opted out last year from playing with the Kansas City Chiefs. So he's probably in line for that number two role. But I think the Bears will want to spread out the carries a little bit more after David Montgomery had a high workload last year. And having a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields, and I'm just completely not even thinking about the possibility that Andy Dalton will start the season as the starting quarterback in Chicago. I mean, that's what they're going to obviously say this far out from camp, but I think in a quote-unquote quarterback competition, Justin Fields is going to blow Andy Dalton away. And by the way, Justin Fields is my offensive rookie of the year pick. I think he's going to have a great rookie season, but we know early on teams still want to help their quarterback by having a good run game. And it's not going to be from week one all about Justin Fields throwing it 50 times. So I think there will be a lot of carries to go around. And I think that coaching staff in Chicago still wants to a little bit be that defensive-minded, run-heavy offense. It's maybe not put too much on Justin Fields' plate, although I think he can handle it. What we've heard 
from Matt Nagy to start the, the offseason or after they drafted Justin Fields indicates to me that even if they do put him out there in September, in week one, week two, week three, week four, that they're not going to say, hey, it's on you, man. We're going to call 45 passes today, regardless of the game script. So I think there are carries to go around. And just, again, it's purely on talent alone. I think Khalil Herbert and Kylan Hill on this list are the two most purely talented running backs that were picked in the sixth or the seventh round that made my top five. So Khalil Herbert, uh, maybe not, and this is probably the case with any of these picks, maybe not any of these runners you want to pick in your fantasy draft, but keep an eye on them early. Like have a little spot on your phone, write some notes down if you're a big fantasy guy and have a list of these five running backs as if any of those runners in front of them in Cleveland, in Detroit, in Green Bay, in Chicago, go down with an injury, I need to pick up Demetric Felton or Kylan Hill or Jamar Jefferson or Elijah Mitchell, or number one, Khalil Herbert. And really, jumping back to Jermar Jefferson, he is the number three right now. The other backs, beyond DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, Dedrick Mills and Michael Warren. And they drafted Jermar Jefferson in the seventh round. So he could maybe be one. If you want to get crazy, you're in a super deep league, a a 14-team league or something like that, and you're just desperate for a running back the late round, Jamar Jefferson wouldn't be nuts to pick. I really don't think so. Because I think he is that talented in terms of how developed his game is. But strictly athleticism, on-field, elusiveness, agility, light feet, being difficult to tackle, which is the most important broad skill for the running back spot. That is number one on my list, Khalil Herbert of the Chicago Bears. All right, that's all I have for today. I'm Chris Trapasso. Thank you so much for listening to the Prospect Podcast.